I'm nervous. I, I, nervous. I just hit the record button, so now we can't go back. Um, okay. I'm nervous too because I, I don't I don't know what I'm doing. But what? Are yeah, we but talking? you've handled a lot of the po- other podcasts like really really well. <laughs> By the way, is the sound good? Uh, I think the sound is great. Awesome. Yeah. And the lighting looks good. There, there we go. There we go. Great. Uh, Got my little well, mood in the background right there. Okay. What what color is the mood? I I would like it's to know. A violet. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. And so violet, you're turning violet. <laughs> Willy Wonka it... quote. Okay, there we go. Uh, so what do what are we talking about today? All right. So I think you know I wasn't sure like how we should start, and got this idea from someone in Products by Women to talk about imposter syndrome and you know how men and women experience it differently. So I did do oh. a lot of research on this and found some really interesting facts. And I'm really curious to hear your perspective as a father, as a CTO, and kind of even from your Mm -hmm. cultural background, how you have felt imposter syndrome and, you know, how we may differ. Oh my gosh. It's a big one. All all the big questions. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Wowza. So I guess we could start with like, what is imposter syndrome? Yeah. And and maybe it would be interesting to define it. Uh, Mm -hmm. because maybe I think about it one way maybe you think about another way. Yeah. Um, so let me see, uh, I'll just try to think out loud. So imposter syndrome is like, you have a role, like you're in a role Mm -hmm. and it could be like an engineer, uh, engineering manager, could be a product person, a designer, and you don't feel like you, you feel like you're an imposter, right? Like you don't, deserve to be in that role for one reason or another. Yeah. Uh, and it could be, you feel like you're unqualified to do the job that you're doing. So when you say imposter syndrome, that's what I'm thinking of. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for me, it's like not just in the tech field, but in life in general, it's like that little voice in your head. You have, you know, one that's the listener and the other one, that's the speaker. And it's when that speaker is being really, really loud. And it, it kind of starts disparaging your success as like this luck thing and that you're going to be uncovered as incompetent and you're going to be found out as mm. an imposter. Mm, okay. You yeah. feel that. I mean, I, I guess I, um, you know, I feel it very deeply like all like yeah. always and i guess like when i heard you expand on my definition of imposter syndrome it kind of ran true because it's not just in a tech job but i guess i would say for me personally i experience it a lot in various different ways so like even when i was in school when i had let's say i was like the president of some society i would say like hey do i even deserve to be a president of this so yeah. i was president of fieda Sigma in college. And uh-huh. I was like, oh, you know, it's like 400 students. I'm like talking to all these students, giving them advice. And it's like, well, am I even qualified? And then yeah, it, in the workplace too, right? You start, you know, I started at the bottom many times and climb my way up. And every time is always think to myself, am I qualified to do this? And even as uh, so I'll give one more example and then I'll pass back off to you for some example. So uh, Something that kind of hit me every week is when I was VPE and I would give a Monday all hands engineering meeting. So all engineers 
I think we had about 50 engineers on site at the time. And the whole meeting every week, I would feel like, all right, am I an idiot? Am I saying dumb things? Do they think yeah. I'm an idiot? <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, when I say like, are there any questions and no one says anything? They're, oh, you know, yeah. In my mind, that they're eeriness. like, yeah. So it's like, anyone have any questions? Uh, you know, feel free to ask. And then when no one has any questions, I'm like, oh, no one respects me. They think I'm a moron. They're, they're, they're going to quit at any second. Yeah. So when you say imposter syndrome, I've just always always dealt with it uh, very deeply. So now be quiet. <laughs> Back off to you. Like, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I think as a as a woman, like you kind of get these messages your whole life that, or like indirectly and directly that you're kind of less than or undeserving or, you know, like and so when you start getting the success and you begin you begin like achieving it, you kind of that narrative still sticks with you. And I think some examples I've had of just even uh, managers reinforcing that belief. I remember I had one manager, I really looked up to him and I had a review about my performance. Um, and I really wanted to do back end development, but I wasn't good at it yet because I had just started. I was hoping that work would be a, a, a place where I can kind of grow and, and learn that. And I remember we had this review and he was like, you know, you're so good at front end. Why don't you just stick with that? And the message I heard was like, stay in your lane, just do that. Front end developers make a ton of money. I remember him saying that. And I'm like, well, I want to be a full stack developer. I don't think they're sorry. Don't worry. I can edit that out. <laughs> Shoot. I'm, technology. No, 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 I'm not going to edit it out. We, we don't have to read. Oh, you're not going to edit it. No, okay. No, okay. Thanks. Keep going. <laughs> that was, I learned my lesson anyway. So, um, you know, I, I said, I wanted to be a full stack developer and I was really thinking he would be my ally and support me in the decision and like he was just like but you're but you know you're good in front end development and kept saying that to me and so then I go home that night and I'm like crying because I just feel like whoa it's already so freaking hard to be in tech it's so hard to be in this male-dominated industry and it's so hard to like push yourself to get out of your comfort zone and learn a new skill and then I have someone literally reinforcing it who it's supposed to be motivating me to do these kinds of things and telling me to stick with what you know. And like, can you imagine? I'm, I'm so impressionable, impressionable, like at that age, I think I was like 22 and, and just hearing that and like how I go about then future jobs and my interactions with future managers, it, it sucks. Yeah. Wow. There's, there's like a lot to unpack there. Uh, that I think is really interesting. So there is how there's the imposter syndrome that you're that you're already face, yeah, which is already really, really hard stuff because your inner voice is kind of saying, hey, you can't do it or you're not capable yeah. or you're a fraud. And then you kind of have these societal like biases mm-hmm. yeah. that um make it even worse. So I want to stick with that for a second, because as a male, um, as a privileged male in tech, um, I don't necessarily deal with that, right? Like I don't have these uh, societal effects where it says like, okay, like um, 
like women, you should stay in your lane or you should like stick as a front end developer. So can we dig into that maybe yeah, more? Yeah, let's talk like, about um, where that comes from, yeah. like as little girls, right? I think we get all these messages, you know, about looking or acting a certain way, like being nice, being polite, acting like a lady. Don't be a drama queen, um, you know, and, and categorize kind of as emotional. And so when we're in the workplace and we feel this imposter syndrome, it kind of comes from, okay, should I stand up for myself? Should I advocate for myself? But then we were getting these other messages. No, like don't ruffle feathers, just kind of, you know, take a step back. And I think with those messages, we start to miss a lot of opportunities for us. And then there's comes to be this like chicken and egg situation where there's not a lot of women in managerial positions and therefore advocating for diversity in the workplace. And, and so then, you know, younger women aren't kind of entering the field or not getting opportunities or when they do, it's just so damn hard to stick with it because, you know, we don't see ourselves, um, in those high positions. So how can you, as a young woman feel like you can really make it if you don't see someone who looks like you or someone with your same background making it and doing it. And I think this is like part of um, my, my, my drive for this podcast is showing that young women like this can do it um, and, and be in this position. So I think, I think actually from the statistics I read that black and Latino women experience it even worse and and the most and there's just underrepresentation um and then all those messages and then people reinforcing those messages and it's a lot it's like how do you it's like that extra layer how can you possibly um succeed when you have not only yourself doubting you but like all these different things around you pushing you uh down as well yeah. So, so thanks for sharing that. There, there's two uh, kind of area, like uh, two thoughts that kind of come to mind, right? Like one is like, how do we have more awareness yeah. in the workplace so that managers do not, um, uh, with their biases, right? Like uh, keep women or people of color mm -hmm. down. Right. Um, so like in the instance that your manager kept you down is so like stay in your yeah. lane. Um, and then the second piece is I uh, would love to understand any tactics yeah. or, or strategies that you've had to combat that so that you have gotten, you know, that allowed you to get to your chief product officer role uh, now. So there, there's two pieces. One is like driving awareness, helping managers drive awareness so this doesn't perpetuate into like strategies that you've used to get to where you are yeah well let's talk about also a perspective so when you as a female are always told to like look over your shoulder you know be careful don't walk at night by yourself um you know carry pepper spray uh things are dangerous like i think we start to view as men are dangerous until proven solid. And so when we um, in the workplace want to speak out or say things, I think there is that kind of carefulness that comes about. Um, 
And, you know, it's really hard to say, I don't feel comfortable doing that, or I really want that. And, uh, I, I don't agree with you, let's say, um, I think when we feel this way, um, there are two things that, you know, women and men can do. One is I think women need to understand that there's that instinct. Um, it kind of ties with the imposter syndrome because you feel this, uh, carefulness to, uh, speak out or advocate for yourself. And two, I think men can be aware in how they say things in, um, I, now we're in a digital world, so I don't know how much physical interaction there will be, but um, just being aware of what you're saying and how you're saying it can really go a long way. Because I think a lot of times um, men aren't aware or they, they, they're not doing it necessarily on purpose, but it's just like it, it does can things that they say can come across in a certain way that can really affect a person for their whole careers. And, um, you know, you kind of talked about tactics, uh, which we can go into after, but like, what do you think about what I'm saying about awareness? Yeah. I, I, it, it really resonates in a lot of ways. Um, and I think it, when I became a manager, um, I initially only had men on my team. I never even thought of diversity in, in the beginning, to be honest, I just didn't have awareness. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then over time I learned how powerful a diverse team could be. Right. And I started building diverse teams. And when I started building diverse teams, I realized that men and women are different. Uh, I know it sounds like super simple, but I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, but um, I went to um, uh, my last company, a uh, bunch of guys uh, making products that were really trying to uh, target like women uh, mm -hmm. in the genetic testing uh, space. And we recognized that we had to build some diversity there and it was really hard to uh, find women in tech engineers. And when we finally found one um, and made the offer, I was like, this is slam dunk. Well, finally I have some diversity here and she rejected our offer. And the reason why she rejected our, her, our offer is she said that she wasn't sure she could be successful as the only woman on the team. And it was kind of like uh, a gut punch moment because I didn't even consider that it was like, okay, like we have a great environment. It's a, it's a pretty high paying job. And the reason that she gave me taught me that I need to have much more awareness. And when I went down this route of trying to be more aware, I learned that in and out of the workplace, men and women think differently. So I actually just started honestly having conversations with female friends of mine with my wife and I just learned other things like uh having more awareness as a man that I never had done before so for example if you are if it's late at night and you go in an elevator <laughs> with another woman it might be a good idea to wait for the next one or if you do end up going there and you're getting off the on the same floor 
you could say, I- I'll get off first. Is that okay? Right? Uh, because, yeah. you know, like a woman might think like, hey, like, it's late. It's only both of you. Like, what the heck are you doing? So it's yeah. like little things that I learned like that over time that said, okay, like awareness in and out of the workplace is really important. And there's just so many different examples that I've learned over the years of how to have that awareness. So yeah. kind of a could couple you, of, di- yeah, go ahead. Could, could you imagine like exploring the world or experiencing it so differently? Like having to constantly look over your shoulder, like you can't even travel the world as the woman without being worried. And like that extra worry, it's just like, you can't enjoy or adventure the same way. And I think that's not really so much freedom. <laughs> I, I I can't possibly imagine because I'm a man, but now that I do think like this, right? Like I, this is why this subject means so much, right? Like one is because like women experience the world very, very differently. And I have mm-hmm. a daughter, Olivia, who's seven, who's got to go through all this in her life, right? Like even yeah. like when I get off the train and it's late at night, like don't walk behind a woman to your car, right? Like if you're going the same direction, <laughs> like I always, now I always yeah. go on the other side of the street. Whereas like, if it was like, I don't know, like five years or like maybe longer than five years ago, I'd be like, okay, like I'm just got to like pass this slow moving person. Like I wouldn't even think about it. So like to answer your question, like I can't, I can't possibly imagine. And I think that's why this is really powerful because it can help people uh, like uh, men, <laughs> other men, like have more, yeah. have more awareness uh, in and out of the Yeah, and com- yeah, yeah. compassion, I think. Yeah. So, I, and I'm sure there's many other examples that I'm not even thinking about that I hope to learn. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and then like, I, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Mm-hmm. No, so go for it. The, the, so like jumping on the other topic, right? So you're in these positions where it's, uh, you're being told to stay in your lane, right? Um, yeah. That you should like just be a front-end developer. But eventually you did overcome that. You persevered through that, right? Through uh, societal norms, through imposter syndrome, and now you're chief product officer at a startup, right? So uh, as a woman, what are some strategies that you've used over the years that allowed you to overcome either the societal norms or the imposter syndrome? Yeah, that's a really good (laughs) question. I think over the years, it's a lot about self-love. I know that sounds super cheesy, but... um, realizing, okay, everyone has their faults. Everyone has their strengths and realizing what my strengths actually are and playing to those strengths. Um, for my strengths, I feel like I have a very assertive voice. And, um, when I was younger and I was working with, um, men, I, I felt like, they were like, who do you think you are? You're just some, you just got out of college and you're trying to change a lot of things um, in the workplace, like trying to add um, different processes. Um, And I had these managers who didn't see that as like a beautiful thing. And I actually have this quote from Grace Hopper that said, 
I think I wrote it down. It says the most dangerous phrase in the language is we have always done it this way, you know? Um, and I remember just that like consistent, what, who do you think you are? And I absorbed that for a long time. Who do I think I am? I am, I have no experience, but I feel all this, like, it's almost like, um, naivetivity of not having experience, not having experienced, um, being in the workplace too long. So I was like an eager beaver to, um, to, uh, to change things and to do things differently. And, there were a lot of times where I, I was just down, like it, it kind of came in, in waves. I think I, what really helped me is having a goal, um, and, and grit. Like, I think grit is the most important thing you can have. So when you're experiencing these things, it's trying to find people, friends that are going to bring you up. It's realizing that a lot of people have imposter syndrome. It's a very common thing, finding your allies, finding groups, um, for me, it, it was about quieting my speaker voice, that little one in my head who's saying like, you don't deserve this. You have no idea what the fuck you're doing. Um, and having my listener voice actually mute that one, turn, turn down the knob a little bit. Cause I know that voice is always going to be there. Um, and, and again, I think finding friends that are going to really bring you up is the most important thing and finding groups where you can talk about this um, and having a platform where you can um, advocate for yourself. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, a bunch of uh, things there. So when you said uh, friends, allies and groups, right? So yeah. friends um uh that you knew like um that you had what like in the industry or just like that you spend time with and they're kind of like your support structure it would be in different jobs um you know i'd always have like that one friend where we can kind of talk about what was going on in the workplace and funny enough i think managers I, i'm not sure if people know like people talk a lot um and so um, when you're not being a good manager, I'm sure people are talking about it, uh, in, in mass quantities. Um, so I'd find another friend who's kind of going through the same thing and be able to talk about it. And just knowing that someone was going through it with you was helpful. Um, also just getting out of those bad environments. I think like a lot of times I just wanted to toughen up and like power through and would be in situations or workplaces where um, weren't healthy for either my mental state or for my growth. And I think we want to kind of suffer in silence, which is not productive. Um, super important to be aware that that job that you have is not the only job that you can have. And that's like that confidence that needs to kick in and realizing like you are not stuck to anyone um, there was a point where actually I was feeling that for almost two and a half years at one of my jobs and felt so much imposter syndrome that I didn't feel like I could get anything better. Um, and I remember I had so much anxiety for two weeks. I decided just to quit. And this was during the pandemic and I had no backup, um, 
no backup, nothing. And I just decided to do it. And I think like just put it out in the universe that I kind of believed that I would get something. And I ended up getting something in a couple of days. Um, I think like just bet on yourself. Yeah. So I, I think there's a lot there to, uh, unpack. Right. So I think like when you say bet on yourself, it's kind of, um, does that relate to, um, kind of trying to quiet your internal voice? Is that a part of what you, how you define grit, right? Like help me, help me unpack that a little bit when you say like bet on yourself. Yeah. I mean, what is betting? I guess it's like, it's not, um, a hundred percent accurate or a hundred percent that this is going to succeed. Um, so there is a margin for loss, um, or, or failure. And so betting on yourself is saying, okay, well, I'm going to bet on that margin of success, um, more than the chance of me possibly failing. And so that's what I think it is kind of just realizing that you, that that there is that margin that you would be able to succeed. And even if you do fail that you're going to just get yourself back up. I think in our life, like look back to all the moments where you thought something was going to one thing was going to have a certain outcome and then realizing it was completely the different outcome. And it was just that anxiety or, or that constant second guessing. Um, and, and you had like all this fear bottled and you realize like in that moment, Oh, this is not even happening the way that I played out in my mind. Mm, got it. And I, I think uh, all this falling into kind of the bucket of strategies, right? So I think one that we didn't touch on was, um, you said in your strategy, having grit, uh, quieting the internal voice, but also finding allies and groups. Were there any groups that you found helpful when uh, the imposter syndrome kicked in a lot, when you were really down and you just needed a group to kind of like lift you back up? Was it like a, a membership to something? Was it, mm-hmm. you know, something else? What, what kind of group uh, do you mean? There's a there's a lot of Slack groups um, for people in tech, and they often have a channel for women in tech, where a lot of women are sharing their stories from different backgrounds, different ages. I mean, women much older than me are experiencing the exact same thing that I am, which I think is kind of fucked up. Like, why is this still happening? Um, but you can really get a lot of good advice from those groups. So I would highly recommend that people go to Google and look up uh, Slack groups for products, Slack groups for engineers, whatever it may be, join that Slack group and look for a channel that's about women, uh, women allies or something like that. And ask, ask your, or, or talk about your situation, ask a question. And you'll often see that a lot of people are feeling the same way. Yeah. And I'll just use this opportunity to like plug you for a second. So you're doing uh, mentorships, you're, you're in <laughs> yeah. this program. So uh, walk me through one more time. What What is the program and what are you doing in it? Yeah. So the group is called Products by Women. Um, and what they do is help uh, women either find jobs or um, they have events around product and tech and things like that. And they also have a mentorship program, which I join. 
So basically, um, I will be giving career advice or leadership consulting. Um, so if you're interested in asking or having a safe platform to ask any question that you ever wanted to ask, this is, this is the place to do it. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. And I will plug that a hundred million times because I, I do feel that even though now there are platforms for women to mentor other women, I think they're, it can be magnified by a, a lot. And I'd be happy to continue magnifying that because in my last year, several women approached me for mentorships and I always feel completely unqualified as a man even though I've had some success in tech uh, to mentor women. So uh, thank you for uh, sharing that piece. And, you know, we've been chatting for about 25 uh, minutes now. And uh, I know we've been saying we'll try to keep uh, each of these podcast episodes to around 30 minutes. So uh, what we spoke about today is imposter syndrome in the, in uh, the two, I guess, like uh, areas is around like awareness uh, awareness, right? Other uh, people having awareness for who they're speaking with and then the strategies to uh, battle uh, imposter syndrome. So as we kind of wrap up the conversation, anything else that's top of mind for you that you want to leave as a note for our listeners? Um, no, I feel like I said a lot of it. I just think just knowing that you're not the only one who's experiencing and um, I feel like a lot of women might have also experienced that women, just because you're a woman, you're, you might not necessarily be an ally. A lot of men are, can be really good allies for you. And I've definitely had situations when I thought, oh, just cause you're a woman, you'd be helping me, but that's definitely not the case. I think you can find allies in different forms and different backgrounds. Um, so definitely don't just uh, close your mind to the possibility that, you know, your ally could be a different gender, um, or even a large group. Yeah. So I'll ask one question on that note and then we'll wrap up. So I am someone, definitely someone who wants to be an ally. Mm -hmm. Uh, and sometimes I don't know how to be an ally. So how do I say no, Like, sometimes I just want to write on a piece of paper, like ally. Like, yeah a card and just hold up. Hey, I'm an ally. Like I'm here to help. Uh, but obviously I do not want to be weird like yeah. that. So what are some, like, give me some tips so, as a man who wants yeah, to Yeah. So actually, you know, doing the, um, the research for imposter syndrome, I found that there's a lot of research backing that men get imposter syndrome from competency and realizing like, if they aren't competent, um, that, they might feel that way. And I think just like hearing you talk, maybe you feel like you're not competent to be an ally, but I think you do, you have, it, it's, it's about that empowerment. And I know you do that for me all the time is like, you kind of second guess yourself and you'd be like, Oh, don't listen to me. And just, just take it with a grain of salt. But I think you taking the time to coach me, to talk with me, that's so powerful. Um, and that really brings me up and that's what men can do is take some time, educate themselves, uh, you know, realize how they're talking to different people and just being aware is like the biggest first step that anyone can do. Mm, so you already it. are an ally. You don't need a sign All on right. your forehead ally. <laughs> for, 
So, so for men out there that want to be an ally, like they, they listen to this and they're like, oh my gosh, like I've been such a moron <laughs> in the past, right? Mm-hmm. Like what, what is, what, what would, what would you suggest as a first step? I, if there is, if it's about doing things in your own life, like sure, if you want a platform to talk about this on a mass scale, go for it. But a small step is just realizing how you interact with women in your life, in your career, um, just around you. I think that's super powerful. Self awareness is mm-hmm. the first step. And on that note, I want to thank you for your time and all the ideas. And I am certainly looking forward to the next one. Same here. Thank you.